The Toby Gribbon Show. Highlights. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Nassim Odin is with us here today. How are you doing? Good, good. Thank you for having me. <laughs> now, you've got a new book called The Sphere of Destiny. So how would you describe that book? Uh, it's a science fiction genre, and uh, it starts with the medieval uh, settings, and then it gradually turned into the alien world. And uh, So I suppose that... Uh, probably is the first time somebody has written a book in which the medieval world is connected to the science fiction, yeah. because normally we see the books which starts from the, from the from here and then we go into the future. Mm. So in my case, the hero is basically moving from the past to further <laughs> past. Actually, <laughs> yeah, that's so interesting. How did you come up with the idea for the book? Uh, actually, it was a I I had an idea about the pyramids and. I actually have interest uh, in the pyramids. So I was reading about them for a very long time. Uh, First, I was thinking that who made that? (laughs) (laughs) And then why uh, why people made that? And then I realized that probably they are not that uh, that, uh, young. They are quite old Mm. structures. Yeah. So I started investigating to see what people have uh, said about the pyramids, especially in the medieval world, uh, in the Arabic literature. And then I found that there were many uh, Egyptians, local Egyptian authors, historians, who mentioned that that the pyramids were basically uh, prehistoric structure, Mm. uh, maybe pre-Adamite structures. So I got interested, and then I see the timeline, and yeah, this story starts from there. (laughs) So do you think the pyramids were built by aliens then, I take it? Uh, Actually, it's a hypothesis. So uh, <laughs> I, I place my book around this hypothesis. <laughs> yeah, I guess it's something that a lot of people don't believe because it was only last week I had somebody on talking about aliens and he believes that they exist, but I don't think he believed so far that they built the pyramids and stuff like that. Oh, yeah. Actually, uh, you see, nobody has seen the aliens yet. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> you don't know whether they exist or not. But uh, this is whole. This is called the fantasy genre, the yeah. wonder literature. You just uh, hypothesize something 
and then you create start creating the word building mm-hmm. think about how the people are looking like and more or less uh, they are humans <laughs> yeah yeah and what is it about the pyramids that means that it must have been aliens that made them and not humans uh actually it's the age of the structures because ah. uh uh uh, you see, uh, we know we read in our history books uh, yeah. in the schools that the pyramids were made by Egyptians uh, in around uh, 3000 BC, somewhere yeah. around 3000 BC. And uh, this uh, date actually doesn't sound logical because even in that age, we will not know how to lift the stones, uh, huge stones. Yeah. And we know what uh, equipment they had, and uh, so it, it it doesn't sound logical to think mm. that we. So probably it's very ancient, and then mm. uh, then the technology got lost, and the civilization starts again. Yeah. So the in my book I theorized that the pyramids were made by aliens. Then we have a great flood event, and uh, the everything destroyed, and then civilization started again. So in a way, the technology which was used was actually lost uh, with the with the flood. Yeah, and three thousand BC—that's only like five thousand years ago, right? So were humans that different? Oh yeah, exactly. <laughs> humans were not very different in that era. We know mm. that the Greeks were there. We know about them, and Greeks had had never mentioned that the pyramids were made by the Egyptians. Uh, They mentioned that they were made by some race, for example, Herodotus. He mentioned that they were made by Indians. Mm -hmm. Uh, And so they they were also theorizing, actually, in that era, uh, that who made that? So... So, uh, yeah, Yeah. (laughs) we actually don't know who made it. Mm, It's so So, interesting. (laughs) What happened, actually, when I was researching and I found uh, one or a few Arab historians in the Egyptian uh, uh, region, they mentioned that the the pyramids had the casing stones. Mm. And on those casing stones, uh, there were some writings. And in those writings, it was mentioned that the pyramids were made uh, when the constellation of the Cancer was uh, in the, this was the age of Cancer, and uh, North Star was Star Vega. So I start using the, I mean, those uh, astronomy softwares Mm. to check how the alignment goes. And then I found that this is the closest alignment to Star Vega and uh, uh, and this uh, zodiac of Cancer is possible somewhere around uh, 7,500 BC. Mm-hmm. But the problem was uh, that there is another thing, very enigmatic, uh, which is a, a zodiac of Dendera. So in Egypt, actually, uh, in a, one of the temples in the crypt, there is a zodiac, and that zodiac uh, actually has all the uh, all the twelve uh, twelve uh, zodiacal signs in it. So the question is, who made that? Yeah. If the human beings were that ancient and they don't have the technology and they can only see from the horizon, so to 
to completely know that what uh, constellation is appearing, you should have a life of around 25,900 years. Yeah. So, and according to the religions, uh, the age of Earth is 6,000, huh? Mm. <laughs> and uh, the anthrop anthropologist says that it is uh, older, but they don't even go beyond that, uh, like 7,000 BC. They start somewhere like 6,000 somewhere. And then, uh, so I was saying that uh, one complete cycle of zodiac requires 25,900 years. And whoever started uh, recording this information, he must have lived more than 25,900 mm. years mm -hmm. to record it correctly and confirm it and then uh, uh, know that where to start from. So if you look into the zodiac of uh, Dendera, you will see that uh, the constellations were in a spiral. So the innermost was actually the zodiac of Cancer. Mm. So that's what I found in the Arab historian books that the pyramids were made uh, when uh, the constellation of Cancer was in alignment with the star Vega. Now Vega is no longer Earth uh, North Pole. Mm. Uh, now we nowadays we have uh, Polaris, uh, which is a uh, North Pole, but actually some time ago it was uh, Vega. Yeah. And then I showed in my book basically that the hero actually went from Earth to a planet, uh, which is uh, which is in the in the Vega system actually. Mm -hmm. So so the aliens actually arrived from Star Vega. They made the planets and then went back. And there is a reason they went back, which Hiro found, and then he he offered a solution. Yeah. <laughs> Something like that. Yeah. And it's kind of random, though, because why would a bunch of aliens want to come here and build pyramids? Oh, uh, you see why a bunch of humans want to go on Mars? Mm. <laughs> because <laughs> it is exactly the same thing. Why a bunch of humans want to go on the Mars? That's because we want an exploration. Yeah. So exactly the aliens were exploring planets. Planet Earth, uh, something like that. Yeah. And what would what would be the most motivating thing to explore? I mean, if we go to, we want to go to the moon, huh? Yeah. And we think that moon has some kind of a fuel. So similarly, the aliens are actually exploring for looking for all kind of uh, fuel or minerals or rare metals, something like that. Yeah. Do you think that we are descendants of aliens, maybe, or some animals are? Mm, not really. Mm. Actually, I I never went in that direction because I could have gone there, but uh, I don't have any linkage for this kind of a theory. Yeah. So I, <laughs> I didn't go for it. But uh, I simply suggested that, that the life uh, on Earth is different from the life uh, in the planet uh, Lyra, actually, which mm -hmm. from where it came from. Yeah. So their genetic structure is uh, different. And then uh, they got an Earthquist disease, basically, those yeah. aliens. And they were struggling with the cure, but they don't want to come back to Earth because they had a fear that they might get the disease again. Mm. Yeah. And this book, The Sphere of Destiny, how long did it take you to come up with? Actually, it took me 20 minutes to think about this theory <laughs> too, but not the complete just the yeah. sketch uh, because I was going through COVID-19 uh, lockdown yeah. and 
When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bombas socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. I was just thinking to write something science fiction. And then I say, okay, why not? The aliens are coming. Maybe there's a disease. <laughs> and that's why they went. Uh, they didn't. Uh, think about coming back mm -hmm. so it, it is just a 20 minute idea which i got and then i started uh, elaborating 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 connecting the pyramids and other things together <laughs> yeah. like a jigsaw puzzle yeah so is it kind of non-fiction or fiction how would you classify it because i guess it's a bit of both. Uh, yes, actually, uh, uh, when I was writing, I'm not a science fiction writer, actually. This is my mm -hmm. first book. So I took some online uh, classes. And, mm -hmm. uh, for example, from uh, David Farland and uh, John Truby. They are, they are very famous in, for the screenwriting and uh, novel writing. Yeah. And they suggest that if you want to write a nice novel, then you should connect it to some some myth. Mm. So uh, we have a myth of uh, Egyptian religion, huh? Egyptology mm. and everything in which we have uh, uh, Hathor and Osiris and Horus. So I actually connected those elements uh, with earth-based elements, if you can say that, okay, <laughs> for a moment. So I connected those elements and just uh, pushed them over, over the sky. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> into another planet <laughs> yeah so how did you get into writing originally then uh, uh literary writing is not my forte mm. 
Actually, I'm always afraid of writing something yeah. in English. <laughs> But uh, I decided to write because I saw so many science fiction and uh, I didn't like uh, their gloves and uh, the premise and yeah. they, were, they were being sold, huh? Yeah. So I, I, I said that why not I write something? Maybe a lot of people like it. Yeah. So just trying to see, I mean, just going through an experiment at the moment. Yeah, absolutely. And you've also got another book called The Cure for Stars. What's that book about? Because I didn't think stars needed a cure. <laughs> so basically it's a trilogy. So yeah. the first book is uh, Sphere of Destiny. Second is Cure for Stars. Ooh. And third is uh, Revenge of Hatter Thor. So the uh, the story is actually the story arc is actually moving in all three books. So if you read book one, uh, you will not understand the complete story unless you read book two and three as well. Uh, and uh, so the story arc is uh, quite big. Uh, so basically, the hero he wants to he saw when he saw that the aliens were suffering from a disease, he offered a cure, yeah. and the aliens uh, realized that that they cannot go to Earth because of a fear that they will contract the disease. Hmm. They agreed that okay, the human can go and bring the cure back. So they created a monster and sent the human back to bring the cure, uh, but actually. Uh, Another alien jumped into it, yeah. uh, or maybe like sucked into the wormhole, and he's he's following the human, stopping him. Mm-hmm. So this is basically <laughs> the cure for a star, search for a cure for the stars. Mm-hmm. And the uh, third book is actually when they come back to the alien planet, and then they have their struggle uh, there in the alien planet. Yeah, and is the third book out yet? Then I uh, know our third book I'm still writing. Mm. And uh, it's uh, it's a bit complex, actually. <laughs> oh, <laughs> yeah. And complex books can be good, though, right? Oh, uh, yeah, you have to see. Yeah. <laughs> I have to see. I can't say much at the moment. Mm, okay, yeah. And what kind of language do you think aliens speak? Is it the kind of weird thing that you always see in movies that's like really hard to translate oh uh actually i had uh, i constructed the whole story on the uh, egyptian culture or the egyptology and uh, ancient egyptian huh mm. so i in my book the aliens are basically speaking the ancient egyptian language uh, so i showed uh, that the both uh, have egyptian hieroglyphs mm. and uh, ancient uh, and the alien lyrian language actually they are connected so 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 the ancient Egyptian is kind of an archaic form mm. of the Lyrian language because Lyrians were more advanced compared to the humans. Mm. So for them, it's kind of an archaic language which was spoken at the earth, but they can understand and translate. Yeah, definitely. And what do you find so interesting about aliens and things like that? Well, when I was writing, I had a feeling like I can construct any any kind of a world. Yeah. I can think about anything and just uh, make it uh, use my imagination 
and construct anything. So it, it wasn't like a feeling of uh, creation. <laughs> 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 I have a feeling like I'm creating something, mm. uh, but uh, but it, it depends on your imagination. If you're a reader who has a good imagination and yeah. you read those passages, uh, you may like it. Yeah. Uh, my language is not very, uh, what I say, very literary or very, uh, very good, actually. It's very simple language. Mm. Uh, it's, uh, so anyone can read it and understand it, but you need a strong imagination to appreciate the book. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and do you think that in our lifetimes, maybe, that we will discover life on other planets and in other solar systems? Mm, well, it's a complex question. Yeah. <laughs> it has many aspects. Actually, uh, life uh, in the nearest uh, planetary planets, or in the uh, you say the solar system, based yeah. on the solar, I mean the planets near the sun. Mm. I don't think there's any life here. Yeah except in earth so you have to go far further away uh, but i mean how do we reach there that's the mm -hmm. thing so it can there can be life of course i think that there is a quite possibility that there's a life in other planets yeah. but the thing is how do you reach <laughs> 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 too far Maybe, i don't think it's uh, within the 10 uh, light years or something it mm. should be further away i mean it's just a guess i mean it's my yeah. assumption yeah and how sophisticated do you think these lives will be? Are we talking microbes or human-like powerful people? Uh, yes, I think if you call something a life uh, which is uh, like an intelligent life which can mm. communicate uh, I think that's a possibility that, yeah. that such a life is there. Yeah. And how's the third book coming along then? Do you know roughly when it will be out? Uh, third book is still in the writing and I I had many outlines then I changed it <laughs> I wrote the full chapters then I changed them <laughs> so I am still uh, not sure but actually I I targeted that it should be released uh, somewhere in February yeah. and uh, so my my project is actually spanning over uh, now year and a half basically wow. I started last year in September hmm. and I was thinking uh, the plan was to write all three books and yeah. made them available uh, with a gap of a month so I already released uh, book one and two and the third one is actually taking some time so I was still <laughs> <laughs> fixing the storyline and uh, because that's uh, that book is the end of the whole trilogy and uh, it has uh, some other dimensions because uh, alien world has its own <clears throat> has its own atmosphere its own uh, religion and uh, yeah. value system so I have to see all of that basically uh, if you look into the movies which we normally see in the sci-fi they only talk about that uh, the human jump from one mm. wormhole into another wormhole mm. without any psychological stress yeah. and as soon as they entered into another world they started speaking together they were started communicating so uh, but in reality it's quite a stressful if you see if you think about it mm. that some uh, a person is living the whole world going to another world and then he's trying to adjust with a new culture new language and uh, 
he lost everyone huh? mm. so it's uh, time travel is not like a <laughs> it's not a fun game no it's a stressful journey and uh, i actually uh, from one of my book uh, i mean uh, from my, all my three books have their own music yeah. and which is on the youtube Ooh. and one of the music i actually named it uh, the misery of a space traveler yeah well where are we able to check out all your books if we'd like to read them uh, they are available at the moment uh, on Amazon. Yeah. In, in the in the paperback and the hard book, actually, two uh, these two books are available: the Sphere of Destiny and the Cure for Stars. Yeah. And actually, I will release uh, very soon the audio book for the Sphere of Destiny. So she, that should be available. Great. Well, thanks very much for joining us here on the show this afternoon. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for having me. And hope uh, everyone liked my. even when we're on a budget we still deserve nice things quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80 percent less than similar brands they have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at 50 dollars, luxurious italian leather bags and so much more plus quince only works with factories that use safe ethical and responsible manufacturing get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with quince Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365 day returns. The throbbing pulse of sound, the Toby Gribbon Show.